Welcome to the Two Nerds and a Guy from Long Island podcast. Our bi-weekly podcast throws three friends together to see if two lifelong nerds can explain traditionally nerdy universes to their tough guy pal from Long Island. Will geeks Dirk and Ricky be able to explain how kyber crystals work? Why Black Lotus cards are worth so much on eBay? The difference between a war turtle and a polywhirl? And will Long Island Dave give a shit? There's only one way to find out this week on Two Nerds and a Guy from Long Island. Nerd alert! Hey, listen! Here we go! Uh, hello, Internet world. My name is Ricky. Our other co-host is Dirk. Hey, everybody. And our, our third host, the guy from Long Island, is Dave. Hey, everyone. I'm Dave. Um, I'm a tough guy. I'm from Long Island, and I always made fun of nerds in high school, but I liked them at the same time. So I was, I was always curious. <laughs> Were you nerd curious? Is that what you're saying? I was, I'm nerd curious. Um, you know, it was like, you know, in high school, like I saw like the weirdos like at a table playing this card game. I was always, and I was always curious, you know, and they were like so into it. From my side, I was one of those weirdos playing the cards. <laughs> And I saw, I saw cool guys like you looking at me with this quizzical look on your face like, I think I want to kill them, but at the same time, what are they doing? <laughs> All, I mean, I just remember like their gear was always, you know, like some, ner- like a unicorn on it or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> And their hygiene wasn't always the best. You know? Yeah, right. Dave, Dave, can I? I, I just want to uh, flip the table really quick. Did you wear Jinko jeans by any chance when you yeah, were? Never wore Jinko jeans ever. I was, I was against that whole, um, that whole style. I was more of, I was more of chain wallet. Um, Ooh. More heavy metal shirt. You know. Oh, okay. So you, your, your tough guy back then is what we call nerds now. I exactly. I know. I know. Okay. The, the changed, my friend. Um, mm. I was more rocking like Danzig t-shirts and Metallica and Pantera stuff. So you were definitely the guy who was like dragging these losers into the bathroom and shoving their heads in toilets. That no, that is something that I never did. Like honestly, no. I was, and I've always considered myself an anti-bully kind of guy i was always i would always go after the bully because i didn't like to see those kids messed with and i and i always you know i was always like sympathetic with them so but i still made fun of them at the same time yeah of course i was i was just about to give you a heartfelt thank you till the end there (laughs) (laughs) you're six foot like 12 so i mean like Yeah, yeah Dirk, Dirk's a big man. He's got some of the biggest legs you've ever seen. They're tree trunks. Like an office caveman. <laughs> yeah. We should also just tell the rest of the people who are listening to this that myself, Ricky, and Dirk were roommates. The way that this podcast is coming about is that, you know, on Sunday mornings usually, um, you know, Ricky and Dirk would be out in the in the living room and they'd be discussing their Star Trek bullshit or whatever. And I would try to get involved somehow, usually just being disappointed and going back to my room. Uh, so, um, Long story short, the podcast is an attempt for me and Dirk, knowing that Dave does have this both sweet and sour perspective on nerdism, that we want to interact with them and we want to 
get his call on some things that we find interesting and engaging in nerd culture um, because, you know, it's kind of hard to engage with that sometimes when it comes to the cool guys. So this is an opportunity for both Dave and anyone else listening who's interested to learn more. Right. Let's go. What are we talking about today? Oh, this is going to be so good. We, we've got a great, great topic to start off with for a pilot episode here, Dave. And what we're going to talk about today is the science fiction epic Dune by Frank Herbert. <laughs> what I'm going to do before we do anything is just read the back of the book for you, Dave. Okay. Read it. Um, this is what it looks like. Beautiful cover. All right. <clears throat> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with even the the kind of flair language it's got at the beginning. Before The Matrix, before Star Wars, before Ender's Game and Neuromancer, there was Dune, the greatest science fiction novel ever written. Wow. The spice melange is the rarest and most valuable element in the universe. It does everything from increasing a person's lifespan to making interstellar travel possible. And... It can only be found on a single planet, the inhospitable desert world of Arrakis. Whoever controls Arrakis controls the spice, and whoever controls the spice controls the universe. Mm. When the Emperor transfers stewardship of Arrakis from the noble house Harkonnen to house Atreides, the Harkonnens fight back, murdering Duke Leto Atreides. Lady Jessica, Duke Leto's concubine... What's, the guy's name is Dirk Latos? Duke, Duke. He's a Duke. Duke. That's okay. Duke Latos. When the Harkonnens fight back, murdering Duke, Duke, Lato Atreides, Lady Jessica, Duke Lato's concubine, flees into the desert with their young son, Paul, where they're rescued by a band of freemen, the native people of Arrakis. What's a concubine? <laughs> What's a concubine? What's a concubine? Dave. It's, yeah. it's, like, a, it's like a taken whore <laughs> for a noble house. Oh no! It's, that's that's such a is that's it? such a crude way of putting it. No, no, no. It's it's it's, it's concubines traditionally a, 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 an un, an unwed an unwed mother uh-huh. of a royal heir. Oh, that's a concubine. Yeah, yeah, sure. So would be like would the queen be considered a concubine right now? No, we can't. You can't be a concubine if you're married. And actually, I guess you really don't have to. You can be a concubine. You're basically just. You actually, it, you're not just the mother of the royal heir. You would, really, what it would be defined as is, yeah, you're the you're the unwed sexual partner of the monarch. Okay, so you're like, so basically, like in language now, you're like a, a slut. I just dropped <laughs> yeah. so much high fantasy on you, and the thing you stop on <laughs> is what's a concubine. <laughs> Well, here's the deal. I never knew what it meant. I was always, I was like, what is a concubine? But I'm good. I I like the melange thing right now. It's like curry, right? (laughs) Right, So I get it. It's a a curry-based universe. A delicious, delicious universe. All right. uh, So what is the spice? The spice, like, what um, does it do? It it does a lot, um, but for all intents and purposes, melange is... uh, a spice that can make people live longer if they eat enough of it. And also, it's used okay. uh, to help people gain very small amounts of uh, prescience, or being able to tell the future a little bit. Oh, okay, good. It, it enhances your cognitive abilities. Right. Mm, okay. A um, okay. couple more sentences, and then we're done with the book back. You got it. 
the Freemen control Ericus's second great resource, the monstrous worms that burrow beneath the burning desert sands. Oh my god. It's like tremors. <laughs> In order to raise an army to avenge his father and retake Ericus from the Harkonnens, Paul must earn the trust of the Freemen and lead a tiny army against the innumerable forces aligned against them. His journey will change everything. Awesome. So, so good guy, bad guy. Who's good guy? Paul. Bad guy. Harkonian? Harkonnens. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen is, okay. the, is the bad guy. And this guy, I'm, so just to give you a little bit of a picture, uh, Dave, uh, I'm not sure who you want to associate this guy with, but he's, he's so immensely fat that <laughs> he has to, he has, he has these uh, things called suspensors that are installed into the folds of his fat that are they're anti-gravity devices to hold himself up. So he, he, he's like an 800-pound man who can walk somewhat normally because of these, he's installed these devices. Oh, okay. Just to give you a, yeah. No, that's Paul? No, that's Harkin. That's, that's the bad the guy. Baron. Oh, Baron. so he's like, he's like this gluttonous king. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And, and he has a, you know, he's got a, a, a predilection for like young boys. And I mean, he's a, he's a very, he's a bad dude. They paint him as a monster. So he's like, he's like sitting on the throne with a big turkey leg and just like. A lot like that, yeah. Like a big pint of ale and just. He's space Charlemagne. Shit ton of melange everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. We should we should explain the the plot a little bit more. Um, yeah, go uh, go ahead, Dirk. So the universe as it's set up is basically you've got the right picture. It's 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 a medieval like feudal society. Hmm. There's an emperor. There's uh what's called like there's like a house basically with the equivalent of a house of lords, hmm. like a, and then it's called the Landsgrad Council. Um, there's there's a re- sort of political religious institution that's called the Bene Gesserit, and we'll have to get into that more later. It's all it's comprised of only women. Mm. Um, uh, they're, they're referred to as witches uh, by people who don't support them in the universe because they have some kind of, they've developed through training some sorts of uh, minor supernatural abilities to kind of mm. control people with the way they speak, which is what they call voice. Um, mm. And they exist kind of as a mysterious group, but have embedded themselves in culture and religion across the universe for shadowy reasons. Like born-again Christians. Yes. They, they also have, a, uh, like a, they have their own agenda as well uh, they, that not everybody really knows. Like actually very few people know about. So then other than you've got the Benny Jesuits and then you've got the, the other institution that's really critical to the to the universe is the spacing guild which is the it's essentially kind of a a whole new different race of of people that live entirely on on the spaceships that are used to ferry people back and forth between planets um and they are absolutely dependent on melange Mm. because they can't pilot their ships without the enhanced cognitive abilities. Huh. 
that's the big universe. Right. So that, that's created this economic situation in which Melange is incredibly valuable and incredibly wanted by major organizations and individuals across the universe. However, okay. you can only acquire spice from a very dangerous procedure on one planet, and that planet is Dune or Ericus. What, do they mine it or something? Okay, now this is where things are going to get complicated, Dave. Oh, God. <laughs> so the way that you get spice is you've got to use a few different machines, and you've got to have some very uh, talented spice hunters or collectors and they get on this big old machine. I'm not going to use the words yet because I don't want to confuse you. But they, they, they live in this big old machine that they airdrop into the middle of the desert where they find uh, a spice dump. And they will start to uh, process the spice out of the sand and collect it. Important caveat, Ar- Arrakis is a, is, an, is a desert planet, right? You have to keep in mind that it's, it's entire, there's, there's like no water anywhere. Right. So everything is sand. Yeah. Okay. And uh, hence the name Dune. Bingo. Uh, as soon as you start, by the way, Dave's uh, satisfaction on his face that just came out when he said that um, <laughs> was very, very good. Made me smile on my insides. <laughs> as soon as you start to collect the spice, these giant, horrible, destructive, mindless sandworms are going to come out of the desert depths and come try to consume you and all of your stuff. Like, they're the size of... I think the smallest ones are about the size of two city buses, and the biggest ones are the size of, like, a skyscraper on its side. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nice. Uh, That's the easiest and fastest New York description I can give you. The What do they... Do they they eat you whole? What do they rip you apart? Uh, They they have um, rows and rows and rows of... I knew it! I knew they had, like, tons of rows rows of... And you can grind it up. You you got it, man. And in in the belly of the worm is what looks like, upon seeing it, uh, a giant forge that is just on fire and working. Um, Dune is a, it's like a really influential series and like a lot of the things that you see in other sci-fi, uh, universes are, are based on this stuff. So like there's, there are things, rumors that like, you know, in Return of the Jedi, that, that mouth in the, in the, oh, yeah. the in the desert or whatever is based on the idea from Dune. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you've got, you've also got, uh, like you said, uh, the Tremors worms, those have got to got to base on yeah. on the dune worms and for sure dave have you seen Love beetlejuice that. of course there's a big worm chasing around our boy beetlejuice that's right that's right there's a lot of worm worm scenarios out there <laughs> human centipede <laughs> based directly on dune frank herbert's I dune know, guys, I don't, i'm pretty sure that that was a completely different <laughs> Um, and so the plot of the book really takes place on this planet um, and kind of opens with this scenario that we've just described of uh, Paul uh, being the son of a duke um, inheriting the planet and its control of this economic power, Spice, um, and how they interact with it. Okay. Um, whew, okay. Um, Dirk, what's that's the next not, step? That's not to? even the, the actual, I mean, the, the plot of the, of the, 
the story is a completely separate thing. That's literally just the universe. Yeah, that's the premise, I guess. Oh. Also, keep in mind, Dave, we're only talking about the, the first book. There are... Or? Oh, yeah. So many books. Oh. Frank, Frank Herbert, who wrote the original book, also wrote five sequels. And then, then after that, his son and uh, another guy named Kevin Anderson uh, started writing uh, even more books. Uh, prequels, sort of side stories. I mean, things, things get pretty crazy. I don't actually know. I never, I've never actually counted how many books, Dune books there are, but they've got to be like at least 15, maybe 20 Different that's, books. The, that's the beauty of this. It's like they suck you nerds in. <laughs> they just can just go off on one thing and just write another book, and you guys will just be all about it. I love I, it. I mean, that, that's true, except for <clears throat> there, there, there are people – there's a, there's a big conflict, right? People are very conflicted about, about Dune, to be honest. So everybody, everybody kind of acknowledges that the – especially the first three books are – just sci-fi masterpieces, but, but the, it kind of, people are, there's a lot of debate over how good the rest of them are. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's also very confusing. I have to admit, I've only read the first five. Uh, I couldn't even get to the end of the original series. Um, But that's, I think that's true probably of 90% of, of people. That's like when that's what that's like when Star Wars came up with like Phantom Menace or something like that. I was just like, I was like, no, nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this this Jar Jar Binks, whatever. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not having this. Man. Yeah, I yeah. Like, it's I would consider myself like a journeyman Dune reader. Okay. To, you know, like there's there's some experts out there, and I'm definitely not one of them. Same. All right. So now now let me ask you a question. Why hasn't Dune, being that you guys are like salivating at the mouth over this why hasn't it like taken off like a star wars why hasn't it taken off like a matrix or something like that it's a really good question the original book was written in 1965 mm. so it's stuck around for a long time and has remained totally relevant if you if you look at any sort of top 10 sci-fi list mm-hmm. dune is going to be in your top three that's a good um, point it's always there um, but I did actually, there, it looks like uh, Legendary Studios uh, just purchased the rights to the Dune universe for movie and TV. Did it? Uh, yeah. So it, it, they might, there might be someone uh, who's going to give it another shot. We'll see. Wow. Maybe, I mean, it could become like a Marvel universe sort of thing where there's movies and then TV shows at the same time explaining different parts of the universe. Like, we'll see. So I just looked up, I just typed into Google top sci-fi books and Dune is number one. Uh, there you go. Well, well, well. Frank fucking Herbert. Oh. <laughs> He's the man. The Herb. The Herb. So uh, I think that Dirk and I should move on to our next segment, which is going to be, we're going to give you some words from the story and okay. we just want to know what you think they mean. Okay, sure. So word association. Bingo. Okay. Here we um, go. All right, so here we go. Uh, uh, we can take these one at a time, Dirk. Um, and sure. I'll start off. Um, uh, just whatever comes into mind, Dave. Um, here we go. Kwisatz Haderach. Kwisatz Haderach. Sounds like a pussy fart. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I, I was going to say queef, but yeah. I don't know. No, uh, the, the true meaning of Kwisat Tadarach is um, the uh, heralded being that is going to come out of um, breeding programs in this story, which will result in a man who will be able to divine the future perfectly. And, and, uh, and a nearly omnipotent being. Okay, so it, it does come out of the body. <laughs> that's right. That's that's right. No, that's, so I, was, that's I was close. You weren't so off, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. And it just come out of the vagina too. That's a good point. Like most people. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, it's, that must be where the word came from. So. <laughs> the etymology is clearly vagina-based. Yes. Next up, uh, Dave. What do you suppose a still suit is? Still suit. Hmm. Um, I'm guessing it's something that, um, that you wear when you're mining for the melange. That way the worms don't get you. That's pretty good, actually. Um, because I'm thinking like tremors wise that yep. like if you make any kind of vibration that that's where the tremors know. Cause the tremors, tremors don't have eyes. They have you know, those feeler gauges. <laughs> yep. Nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Keep going. Uh, that, that's where my head's at. So okay, this, um, you put the still suit on. Yep. And this kind of reduces your vibrations in the ground. That way the worms don't find you. That's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Um, but now all I can think about is uh, Kevin Bacon in a still suit. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I watched Footloose yesterday. Loved it. <laughs> um, so a still suit is um, a suit that you wear when you live on Arrakis, Ar the the okay. desert planet, uh, because there's so little water and water is so precious in this world. Um, a still suit is built to capture all of your uh, moisture that comes out of you as sweat or spit, etc. And keeps it in you. And, and reclaims it for you so you can drink it later. Sick. Exactly. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. Oh, well, let's do one, do one more. Ricky, all right. You, you I, do the last. It's such a hard choice. There's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to go with, because cause you, you exclaimed this word earlier, and I really want to know what you think about it. Uh, Dave, what would you define as the Butlerian Jihad? I love that. <laughs> I love that word, the Butlerian Jihad. <laughs> I don't know, just like a bunch of, I, you know, but Butlerian, come on. You know, what are you? Like the king of butts, you know? And <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a reference to a name, Dave. I think it's a reference to Butler. Butler? Oh, well, geez, if someone named me Butlerian, I'd be really pissed in my life. <laughs> sure. The name's not Butleria. Um, the, the term has nothing to do with butlers uh, or butts. <laughs> Dick, Dirk. It, in, in fact, um, the Butlerian Jihad was a, a long-lasting event in uh, universe history where humans actually created... Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, that far surpassed um, human abilities, mm. and it started to um, take over humanity, uh, and humans freaked out and fought a war against artificial intelligence, well, destroying, well, right, destroying any kind of technology in the universe that has AI. Spell that word for me. 
Butlerian Jihad, B-U-T-L-E-R-I-A-N space J-I-H-A-D. Dude, he, he was onto something there. Come on. Like, what was he thinking? You uh, don't just, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean. You don't just come on. You don't just come up with a word named Butlerian, you know? <laughs> I thought you were going to comment on, on, on how Frank Herbert was, uh, was so intelligently reading the, uh, the, the geopolitical landscape even back in 1965 that he accurately <laughs> predicted the relevancy of the term jihad in 2016. But you went a different direction. Yeah, I, I think what Dave's trying to insinuate here is that by the word choice of Frank Herbert, he was clearly a homosexual man. No! No? Hey. Hey. Then you need to explain yourself, mister. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, like, you don't just come up with the word butlerian, you know? You don't I don't just... know what that means. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, there's so many... I mean, if you're going to make a word up, I wouldn't use the word but in it, you know what I mean? But he didn't. It's B-U-T. So, wait. He was thinking about butts. He was thinking about butts. He loved butts. He was an ass guy. All ass right, guy. Let, let's move on. <laughs> um, Where's Mike Herbert? Is he is he deceased? Is he? He's he is gone. Okay, he passed away um, many years ago, leaving his son to write the rest of the books. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, Dirk, do you want to do one more, or do you want to move on to uh, our next segment? Dave, I really gotta I gotta ask you what what you think. What, what what comes to mind when you hear the word mentat? Mentat. Um. Mentat. Hmm. Is that like mansplaining or something like that? I don't know. It's mentat. Like to mentat at someone. The mentat. It sounds bad to me. Sure. Okay. Do, do, okay. It sounds. Follow that. Maybe it's like a. Maybe it's a prison or something. Um, uh, oh, oh, like Habitat? Yeah, we're going to send you to the Mentat. And you're like, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> right, right, right. Or a bunch of Butlerians are going to get you. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Welcome to Mentat. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, it's like you go to jail. Like, I'm going to make you my bitch. I'm going to make you my butlerian. I don't know. That, right. That's my guess. You're going to uh-huh. Mentat. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Mentat is uh, not any of that, again. Oh. It's a, yeah, clearly. I mean, that's it's a tough one. It's actually good that you bring up Mentat right now, right after talking about the butlerian jihad, because they're connected. Yeah. I, yeah. Mentat is a, a, a person with uh, exceptional... Uh, cognitive abilities who's been trained uh, basically since birth to in the in in, ex- in extraordinarily extraordinary logic mm-hmm. um, who uh, has the ability to uh, predict the future to uh, extreme accuracy they're usually associated with a liege lord that they serve Mm. So every all the all the great houses have their own mentats that they use uh, to sort of for their own purposes, and they they actually kind of function like computers because after the Butlerian Jihad, there was no more technology that could run analytical uh, kind of things, 
And so these Mentats came out of a need for analysis. Right. People stopped trusting computers at some point. And after that, they sort of had to train people to do it. Right. So, like, what do you, how do you become a Mentat? You, like, you have, like, a, you have a, a nice amount of melange when you're a kid or something like that? Or uh, there's a, You have to be predisposed um, to, to have those abilities. And you get the Dalai Lama. Sure. Yeah, all right. They could, yeah, maybe. Right. You're, like, you're like, this guy's going to, you know, oh, it's, he was born on the 12th moon. It's a mentat. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that they, they kind of observe I think kids. it's a little bit less like, uh, this kid's going to be the Dalai Lama, and a little bit more like, this kid's going to be a great basketball player. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So let's all teach right. him basketball. Right. All right. I gotcha. So that's a mentat. And they're cool. Are they tough? Or are they just like... Are they like the eunuch from like Game of Thrones? They're super cool. Yeah, actually, I think they're more like the eunuch. They definitely have masters, but they're it's a, it's a kind of important because they kind of make up the the other side. They're kind of balanced by the Bene Gesserit, the you know those witches that we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the Bene Gesserit, they have their own agenda, and they kind of frown upon the sort of logical analysis done by Mentats. Um, and so these two kind of forces, um, their mentats are male and Bene Gesserit are women, female, yeah, and they yeah. kind of balance each other out. What's interesting about mentats is that because they're such logical um, and probability-based people, uh, uh -huh. a lot of them serve as assassins because they have the ability to, uh, in the moment, decipher how a situation should run and what will happen with its outcome nice okay so um what, what what's a way of killing somebody in dune like for for example mentat how would he assassin such a good question is he violent is he like a is he a sneaky poisonous kind of guy what do they what do they do so i this i actually i mean so poison is a really uh it's a very integral integral part of the story as the poison is the main way that um, people assassinate each other between the great houses. If you if you grow up uh, as a as an heir in a royal house, you're actually you have like a whole class in in poisons and how to detect them and what they're called and like Harry uh, Potter, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. class. I get it. I, I'm totally getting this. Like, ooh, it's like here's some melange, but it's not melange, and they you know and they drink it or eat it and like that right. wasn't melange <laughs> <laughs> that is typically how poison works yeah that's right <laughs> dave you're so dead on about why are we the nerds in this this show <laughs> i know it should really be you have you been have you been, have you been moonlighting as a as a nerd? not at all not at all i, moon, I guess it's moon nerding this is what comes back this is why it was so interested in the shit because i actually can get the shit you yeah. know you might want to zip up your nerd is showing dave yeah, I'm, I'm cool with my nerd show. I'm not, I'm not scared. That's good. You know? That's good. Co connected to this um, concept of assassination, actually, um, we, me and Dirk put together this other little segment that what we want to do is really kind of put you into a situation or a couple situations that happen in the book as one of the characters. And we just want to see kind of how you would handle the situation. Okay. Can I go first? Yeah, you can go first, Dirk. All right, I'm um, so excited. This is so Dave. This is a this is a question that was put to uh, the main character of the book, Paul, 
Atreides when he was a when he was a young man, and it, it's it's the Gom Jabbar question. Can you can you describe Paul to me, like in your eyes, what is? He goes through a lot of different iterations. So you 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 were introduced to him as a as a he's a teenager, mm-hmm. um, and he's just that he's a super sharp teenager who's been militarily trained. Okay. Um, he's actually been uh, vested to become a mentat at the beginning of the book. Right. Oh, and he's he, tough mentat. Yeah, that's right. He's a he's a kind of a yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. And a, and a leader. So he's also. There's a question as to whether he is the Quitsats Hadarak, which I don't even know if you remember. We actually talked about that about 25 minutes ago. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the, the, the yeah. Steel trap. So he's he's uh, he's he's born to lead. Paul later on in the book, uh, he becomes a leader of these freemen on Ericus, mm-hmm. uh, and they follow him as their uh, beloved leader and rename him Muad'Dib. Uh, which ultimately becomes his working name as uh, a leader of people and the prophet. Um, and Paul does become this omniscient creature. He understands both the male and the female halves of the uh, universe that I had described earlier. So he's getting a lot of wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he, does, he does very well. He gets a wife. He cleans See, up. I like it. Uh, but he does some other cool stuff. He gets to ride some worms. Uh, He's a worm rider? Wait, he rides the worms? Oh, yeah. He climbs up on top of one and uses some hooks to drive it around. Yes! I love it! Pretty epic. I love it. Early on in the book, Dave, uh, before any of that stuff happens, he's, he's, he's put in a situation, the, the following situation, um, and I want you to picture yourself there and tell me what you would do. Okay. So an, an old... Uh, Reverend Mother, who is uh, the high priestess in the the Beni Gesserit, she's a she's a witch. Right. She's pretty nasty. Doesn't you know? He doesn't really like her. Uh, she corners him and she puts a needle to his neck, and she she says this needle is laced with poison, and I'm gonna stick you with it and kill you unless you put your hand in this mystery box of pain. Mm. What do you do? A needle to my neck. Poison needle. Poison needle. If you move and do anything but put your hand in the mystery pain box, uh, she will kill you. Oh, my God. And now I have to go in this mystery hand box. Yep. Oh, my God. Is it like, it's not like a, this box isn't like attached to like some guy's waist, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a black box that... It's not uh, in the box, is it? <laughs> you don't know what's in the box. Okay. All right. I have no idea what's in the box. What do I do? What do you do? I mean, there's no room to move my neck. I can't, like... If you move a, a centimeter, you're dead. I mean, that's what she's saying. She's saying, if you move it all, I'm, I'm going to stick this in you, or you're going to die. It's an old lady. It's an old lady. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tough guy it up. Yeah? I'm going to say no. I'm not doing shit, bitch. So how do you get out of this situation? I, I just deny. I just say I'm not putting my hand in there. I refuse to. So you're oh you're so you're calling her bluff. I'm calling her bluff because now she she's the BJ queen, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> BG actually, but I can see. Oh, I okay. Get you, yeah, yeah. BG queen, right? 
And I think she's giving him a test. I think she's saying to him, like, if you're a real leader, you cannot be threatened by this. And you cannot be threatened into doing something. So I'm going to go with, yeah, you know what? You're just going to have to stick me in the neck. And thus ends the epic series of Dune. (laughs) 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 Cool. That's awesome. now Now I'm guessing that he doesn't do that. No. Yeah, he, he puts his hand on the box. What a boss. <laughs> That's not a leader, man. You cannot be threatened by somebody like that. Yeah, but he, he kind of, I mean, he, he, he withstands the pain longer than anyone before him. It, you're right. It was a test. You're okay. absolutely right about that. It was a test. And that it's a test that they perform on all future men pets. Uh, yeah, not, uh, not uh, I think it's actually, um, Benny Jesuit. I think it's a Benny Jesuit okay. test. It's a Benny Jesuit test. So it's actually a test meant for the for females. Females, right? And so he can withstand so much pain that he understands, like you just said, he understands the female part. And he understands the male part, and that's just unheard of. Yeah, right. And so he withstands it longer than anyone else before him, and that is sort of the first clue that he is uh, indeed potentially the Quetzal's Hadarak. Amazing. Amazing. So what does this do? Does it chew your hand up? What is it? Is it? It's it's an insane. It, so it actually doesn't do anything to your hand. But when your hand is in the box, you can't see your hand, and right. it feels it feels like I think they say your 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 skin is being melted away down mm. to the bone. Uh, so it's pretty painful. Hmm. Okay. Dave, I've got two two questions for you. Mm-hmm. First up, what do you think melange tastes like? Um. I think it tastes awesome, right? It's got to be like in the curry or like salt kind of thing, you know? It's it gives you awesome powers. It's got to taste awesome, right? Like a protein shake or something. Dirk, what do you think melange tastes like? Uh, I think I think uh, it tastes for me. I think it would taste uh, like dark chocolate. Hmm. Ooh, I like that. I don't. I wouldn't like it then. I see. I always have gone with the book description of uh, kind of a cinnamony taste. Hmm. However. When you said curry at the top of this episode, when we started talking about the spice, I have changed my whole conceptualization Excellent. directly to like a tasty, tasty red curry. Oh, dude. Uh, I got to go tikka masala on that one. Oh, yeah, tikka. Yeah, fair enough. That, that would be re- that. Now I really want some melange. Dude, butter I chicken. Guess. I'm starving. I might go get some right after this. Go get some butter melange. Um, <laughs> Butter melange is going to be my my new internet Butter melange. handle. <laughs> I'm going to join chat rooms called Butternut Dude, melange. Dude, you know what? I'm going to like I'm going to go to like an Indian restaurant and pick out like the nerdiest waiter and be like, "Do you have any butter melange?" <laughs> and if he gets it. Like that would be me and him would just be like best friends forever. <laughs> well, unless he was a butlerian, right? <laughs> Oh, Dirky! Like if I was, let's for example, I'm at the deli, right, and I'm gonna get a sandwich, right? Uh huh. And I see the guy behind the deli is like, and I'm not typecasting, I'm not stereotyping anybody here, but I see a guy who's like kind of geeky. He's wearing like a unicorn shirt or something, or a game of Thrones <laughs> shirt. Unicorn shirt. And and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, bro, let me get the chicken cutlet extra melange. 
Like, <laughs> just, just like to have that connection with him, just see if he gets it and if I was right about I it. I think if if he got it, gave you like a quick little look and a smirk and said, sure thing, Muad'Dib. Right. Uh, yeah. I'd just be so happy. Yeah. Like, or, or as soon as you gave him the look, which I, I know that you would give him, he would immediately feel threatened <laughs> and probably he'd probably just try to ignore you like you know like uh if you don't move the t-rex can't see you right he might freeze in place <laughs> i think if i was in his situation i would immediately assume okay this bully has figured out something <laughs> about my world and now i'm in deep deep He's trying shit. to use it against me right <laughs> So I need to figure out how to deflect. He's he texts all his friends. He's like, they know. <laughs> Burn the books, everyone. Burn them. Run. <laughs> I've got one more question for you, uh, Dave. That I'd like you to make a very strong decision on. Sure. So um, let's say that you're uh, Dave Moadib. You are um, potentially the Quizach Hatteras. You might be the most cognitively important and intelligent being in the universe. I'm in. And you've been given a decision to make. Okay. There is a, a type of poison that exists on Arrakis that is used to put women into prophetic fits. Okay. Think like uh, the Oracle of Delphi. Okay. Um, in Greece, is, someone gets real, real high and then starts offering prophecies. There is a, a liquid made from melange that if you drink it as a woman and you're strong enough, it may allow you to live and divine some future or some information from your pasts or past lives that you've led. Molly. Kind of like Molly, yeah. However, if a man drinks this, it is sure to kill them. Okay. Every man that's ever drank this poison has died right away. Wait, oh. Except for the Quitsats, Hadarak. Except for, potentially, the man who knows both the lady side of things and the man. But we actually don't know that. So was this, so was this a test that they give to the Quitsat Hadarak? <laughs> you can look at it like that, because let's say that it is possible for someone to survive this in theory, but never in history has a man survived... Uh, drinking this poison. If you drink the poison and live, you will have full knowledge of your genetic past knowledge. So every person that's uh, ever been in your heredity, Mm -hmm. hereditary line, hereditary line, thank you, Dirk, will pass their knowledge on to you and you will be able to see the future via those hereditary lines into infinity. Okay. Do you drink the poison? I might be the Quinstack Cataract. You might be. Okay. I might be the Quinstack Cataract. Do I drink the poison? How old am I? You're 16 years old. Oh, boy. I just started my life. Yeah. And you're, like, real, real handsome. And you're, like, getting pooed left and right. Dude, I'm, I'm hanging around the, the Bee Gees. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your mom's a Bee Gee. My mom's... Oh, boy. Do I drink the poison? How confident... I mean, like, I'm a good-looking dude. I'm, like, good at sports. You just got like a really sweet knife. Uh, you can you can ride worms. I'm drinking that shit, bro. If I can ride worms, I'm the guy. <laughs> but so you wanna you wanna possibly throw that away though? Ah, uh, whatever. You know, 
who wants to live on this fucking desert island anymore anyway? Fucking it's all, desert I'm eating, planet. All, all I'm eating is curry every day. It's fucking <laughs> a little bit done. <laughs> you know, like let's spice it up a little bit. It's a good point. By the way, the the curry, the melange, um, if you eat enough of it, it turns your eyes completely blue. Awesome. So you've got blue eyes. I got blonde hair and blue eyes. Sure. <laughs> it's a little different, but I... Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the drink. I'm gonna go with the drink. You gonna chug it? Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm sure I've done worse in my life. <laughs> I can tell you with full confidence that if you drink that poison, you, Dave Muadib, would become the Kwisatz Haderach. Yes. <laughs> Good job. You win, dude. It's like pick a path. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Uh, dude, I I used to cheat on that shit all the time. <laughs> It's your own, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Dave, we've had a lot of fun today yes. talking about uh, space, talking about deserts and worms and yeah. curry. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your feelings about Dune? If you had to like rate it somehow, what would you rate it? I mean, are you interested in it? We haven't got into, a, into enough depths. Um, I know... I like the Paul guy, Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paul sounds cool. I like the fact that you have this guy with the suspensors, you know, this gluttonous lord, you know. It seems like it, it seems like the the plot for almost every everything in anything. You know what I mean? You have the hero and you have this fat fuck with all the money, you know, you can relate it to anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, you got some worms. You got some... Do they have weapons? Do they have anything? Yeah, we... They have blaze guns and shield belts. We didn't even... T- yeah, we couldn't even get into that. Oh, okay. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, like, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the way that you guys describe it to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in this stuff. I am. I just don't have the patience to read a book like this stuff. <laughs> I thought you were gonna stop at book. Usually, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I would have just stopped at read. <laughs> that that would be my expectation. Sir, please take this free coupon for something. I don't read. I don't read. I'm sorry, I can't take. I it. I thought it might be a nice way to kind of wrap up our conversation to um say one thing that we've learned today um and and to start with that. I would like to say that I'm really happy that today I learned that the words Kwisatz Haderach uh, have a word history that starts in uh, vaginas. <laughs> that was cool. I like that was it. was very important for me. What about you, Dirk? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really happy that we got a, uh, a, a different take on uh, the roots of the Butlerian Jihad because I... <laughs> That's uh, it's important that we we stay grounded in exactly uh, where where the butts are coming from. <laughs> I I completely um, agree. I mean, out of out of all of this, I'd probably take away the most because I didn't know anything about this, you know. So um, you've learned a million things. I've learned a million things. Um, none useful for anything. <laughs> Unless you're going to try to bully some nerd in a deli, of course. Right, exactly. Yeah, unless I'm ordering a chicken cutlet with extra melange, right. (laughs) 
Awesome. I hope I'm still the same person after all of this. I've got a sinking feeling that you will be. <laughs> I'm not worried, really. Not, not worried at all. Um, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our pilot episode for Two Nerds and a Guy from New York. Oh, Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I, it's been enlightening. And Thanks, Dave. Should, should we come up with like some kind of a sign-off sentence? Oh, God. Something nerdy? No. No, okay. You guys don't want to be like, live long and prosper or some shit? I was going to say, say, uh, fear is the great mind killer. Ooh, what's that? Oh, I love it. Pick pick your favorite quote, absolutely. That's a quote from from Dune. Oh, fear is the great mind killer. It's what the BGs say. Got it. Love the and I, that's what the BG say. And yeah, keep your keep your hand out of that dick box. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Not, I don't put my hand near any near anyone's dick box. I think that's your sign off now, Dirk. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, fear is the great mind killer, and keep your hands out of the dick box. Out of that dick box. Yeah. See you yeah. next time. Worm rider? Wait, he rides the worms? Oh yeah, he climbs up on top of one and uses some hooks to drive it around. Yes! I love it! I'm drinking that shit. Bro, if I can ride worms, I'm the guy. <laughs>